Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hello and thanks for tuning in to episode 71 of the Glasgow is Green podcast, aka Gigpod. I'm Stevie and this weekend the hype was all about two outspoken heavyweights going head to head against each other in a battle to the death. It's some fight with Fury and Wilder happened as well. So indeed, let's go on with this one. It is myself versus Rizzo in the prediction pod ahead of our busy run from October the 16th to November the 7th. The winner of these predictions will receive a lunch of their choice and the loser must pay for everything from a humble soup to an overwhelming hanging steak. Rizzo, are you ready to be squashed? Uh, hi everybody. Yes, if uh, I lose, I'll just be buying uh, just be buying some sandwiches for the winner. <laughs> so the rules are, John, a correct score is going to be three points and if we predict a Celtic win... Celtic draw and a Celtic loss, it'll be two points now. Hold on a sec, are we going to do a prediction next month as well when we've got the break? Yes, we'll have to do that as well. We'll do a a general prediction ahead of our busy run in November. And we could do even a Christmas one as well in that horrible December run that we usually do. That's right, wonderful. Right, okay. Uh, Well, for the Christmas one, the person has to buy the other person booze that they like. So there you go. As As a Christmas gift. Are you still on the cool's light these days, John? That and the wonderful Paps Blue Ribbon, which you can't get anywhere, and I need to send away for like to a beer place on the internet to get. No wonder Frank Booth was so incensed in nineteen eighty six. Yes. A wee in joke there for the film fans. Yes. But anyway, this isn't a film pod, is it, John? This is a Celtic pod, so let's talk about Motherwell Way. Now, our last meeting at Fur Park, if you can remember, but in fact, it was one of the first gig pods last year. I think it was episode three. Mohammed El Yunusi scored a hat trick. Um I think I had Yourself, was it yourself or Hamish? I think it might have been. I think Hamish. it was Hamish, I think it was, yes. It's it's just been such an amazing year, John. So memorable that I can't <laughs> remember anything. So I guess last season that was like a tricky tie, wasn't it? Because we came off the back of a 4 1 doing from Sparta Prague at home. 
and everybody was thinking, well, realistically, we should be beating Motherwell, but with this Celtic team, well, that Celtic team last season, we didn't know what one would turn up. Mohamed El Yunusi bailed us out after you know a second half where we were two 0 up, and we were absolutely dreadful for about half an hour of it. But this is very much a different Motherwell this season, isn't it, John? They're fourth in the table. They seem to be able to score goals, and there's a real vibrant energy about Fir Park now. Um, they've got all the fans right behind them, and not to mention the Drew Rangers recently too. So, how do you see that one going? That is our first game back after this international break. We should have a full strength team to choose from. But what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think a lot, uh, a lot to do with our chances of winning will be if the team comes back full strength. I mean, I think we're going to talk a wee bit about Scotland later, but in the second half of that Scotland game last night, Carl McGregor, I thought it was excellent. Wounded him. I know that Kyogo's played one game for Japan. I think he only played uh, half an hour of that game. So, And I think they've got at least another game this week, so hopefully he comes back for that okay. And I think we'll need to be our best to get a win. Motherwell, I mean, I know as you said, we won there 4-1 last season. We were in the middle of a dreadful run. I mean, worse than this season, I'd say, even though we're... Uh, we're six in the league at the moment. Last year, we went on to that game in the back. Uh, not only getting beat off Rangers, but that dreadful free-each draw against Aberdeen where we conspired to give away a penalty in the last minute, which was so unbelievably stupid. So, it'll be a hard game, but this is the sort of games that Celtic need to win if we're going to win the league or even challenge for the league. And if everybody comes back at full fitness, then I think we'll just edge it. I think it'll be a hard game. But I predict a Celtic win. I predict a Celtic win too. But what is the scoreline going to be, John? This is where, this is for the three points. This is for your sandwiches. This is for my steak here. Come on. I need an accurate summary from you. Sorry, I was just looking at the rules again then. That's right. I managed to forget them already. And the sheer excitement of this contest. I forgot the rules already. No, I'm going for a 2-1 win similar to the Aberdeen game. I think it might take a late goal and... Uh, we will have fans here, which is good. I know that Motherwell have reduced uh, the number of fans we've got. Damn them. But no, I think hopefully the fans will get behind us. We've had hard games at Motherwell before. I remember a 2-1 back in 2011, which was a turning point in the season when uh, Gary Hooper scored in the last couple of minutes after a mazy run by uh, Pat McCourt. So uh, no, I think it could be similar to that. I think we'll score first, they'll equalise, but I think maybe Kyogo will pop up with a late winner. And I'll be 2-1 to Celtic. And I'll just write down so I remember my prediction for the game. Okay, well, I'm going to go with 3-1 Celtic for that game. Now, I don't think we're doing anything for the points when it comes to scorers or anything like that because the chances are we'll be saying Kyoko will be scoring every single one of them. But I fancy a 3-1 win. But it's going to be a difficult game as well. I just think that we'll have a bit too much for Motherwell. Remember, Motherwell are uh, going to be reeling after... Well, they've got maybe a point to prove. They get beat off hearts in the last game before the break. But it's certainly, I mean, looking at that game, it was in sports scene. It was certainly not plain sailing for hearts. I think they were 2-0 up in the first 20 minutes, but Motherwell really gave them a game at Tynecastle. And they'll be wanting to prove a point after that. But I do think we'll have a bit too much for them, John. Just just, just one more thing about that. That's going to be interesting on... Uh... On Saturday, about the old days, because as you know, me and Hamish went on a rant about Sky in the last podcast, and we've got more away games up in the run up to Christmas, and they're going to be on either the telly. So thanks, Sky. But no, I mean, like people will be listening to the, like the wireless, even if they do that anymore, because Rangers are playing at the same time. And but the good old days, Celtic playing a Saturday, and we're playing Rangers are playing at the same time, and hopefully they drop points to Hearts. But you never know. And. 20, I think the last time 
was it 12 13 season we played Motherwell in this type of situation where it wasn't on TV, but it was a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. Am I right in saying Hooper and an own goal? Do you remember the game? I remember it because I was there. Oh, were you? I, I was. Ah, you were because I. Am I not right in saying Motherwell were near the top of the league? I think they might have been top at the time. I think they were top, and we'd had a slow start to the season, and I think that was going to be a quote-unquote test for us. But uh, no, we went to nothing. I think we may have missed a penalty in the second half as well, maybe. Hooper's goal, the ball from uh, Commons, the way the Hooper took the first touch and he put it past Randolph at the time. What a goal that was. It was a classic and it's one that Harlem don't remember because it wasn't on TV and we didn't even have good old technology that we've got nowadays to uh, manage to get to watch all the games. Well, John, a lot of people might not remember that, but the legends at Gigpod, such as ourselves do, because we are proper Celtic men. <laughs> yes, now, we are. Moving on to our old pals, the next game after Motherwell, uh, we're back in Europa League duty where we play Ferenc Faros. Now, we don't need to be reminded of the last meeting between these sides at Celtic Park. Of course, it was a 2-1 defeat last August. Neil Lennon worked himself and the entire support into a shoot and things were never quite the same. In fact, you could say they pretty much derailed their season before it really started, John. But we're talking about this Celtic team now, we're talking about this Ferenc Faros team now. They've got the same record as us in the Europa League group. Played two, lost two. They are top of the Hungarian league. They've played seven games. They've won six. They've only lost one. Even though it's a Celtic Park, John, it's a bit of a weird one because of the kickoff time, which I'm sure you can tell the audience about and remind them if they have forgotten and think it's going to be under the disco lights. It's definitely not, is it? No, unless it's dark that day and the man they said they put them on. Yep, because uh, that summit that's taking place in uh, in Glasgow, the game is getting played on a Tuesday afternoon at half three, which. It's obviously going to have an impact on the attendance. What do you think the attendance will be? I think maybe like twenty to 30,000 if we're lucky. Mm, I think Celtic Park will be half full, yeah, but I don't know what, what the club can really do there in terms of people will be working and there'll be a lot of half days, there'll be a lot of sickies and all that getting pulled. It's mad. I mean, I don't under, I don't quite understand how it's still going ahead. I know it's, it is now and there's nothing we can do about it and it will have an effect. It's, it, John, is it one of the only games in UEFA history though that is going to be played at this time. It has to be one of them, definitely. It's the only one, really, that since I've been watching Celtic, I can think of. I mean, I'm sure I read that when we played Atletico Madrid, mind we played them like years ago, in the 80s, uh, behind closed doors. Uh, I think that might have been in an afternoon because it was behind closed doors. But then Celtic should be used to, like, sort of weird kickoffs. I mean, and look what happened last season. There was no fans at all. And, I don't know, I mean, it's just a pity, because it is a big game, especially in the context of us getting into Europe after Christmas, possibly in the, the conference. And it is a shame that it's going to be a weird atmosphere, a weird kickoff. I mean, I think the players will be professional enough to uh, to know what to do to get the win, and I'll let you make the prediction for this one first, because I've done it first the last time. Ferenc Faros have lost 2-1 away to Leverkusen, and they lost 3-1 at home to Betis. You know, in the last few games, they did win 9-0 in the Cup away to FC Hatvan. They've won the last three league games as well, so there's, you know, they're, they're no mugs. Um, they've got, do you remember Marco Marin that used to play for Chelsea too? I do, yes. He was a good player. He was okay, yeah. He probably hasn't reached the heights that he uh, people thought he would, but they've got him and he's definitely not a dafty. But it wouldn't surprise me, John. I think it might be to each on the day. That's my prediction. Celtic 2, Ferenc Faros 2. Uh, I'm going for 2-1 because if you think about the games last season, 2-1 to Celtic, that is, uh, 
if you think about that game last season, if we'd played a striker up front, which we should have, and no played Ryan Christie up front, we still would have won that game because we had a lot of chances. I mean, I doubt Finnish Faros will have changed that much, and we, Touchwood, should have at least a genuine striker playing, hopefully, in Kyogo. And if he can manage to take his chances on this occasion, because even though it is brilliant, he does miss some chances. If he can take his chances, I think we'll edge it, and it'll be a great European uh, afternoon, no night, at Celtic Park. So I'm going for uh, Celtic 2-1. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. So even though in the selfishness nature of me, where I would love you to pay for my wonderful stake, I do hope you're right and we can get the three points and progress rather than me being right for once, John. So yeah, I'm a selfless guy here. Now, moving on to which will be a very tough game after that on the Saturday at St Johnston at home. Now, the last meeting at Celtic Park, we beat them on May the 12th in which was a dead rubber game. We won 4-0. St Johnston were pretty much preparing for their cup final with Hibs, which they ended up winning. We can talk about the 6th of December one each game, John, if you want. But before we talk about um, that, how do you think it's going to go in the game against them on Saturday after, which will be a tough game against Ferenc Varos in Europa League duty? I think it'll be extremely tough, but I think one maybe slight advantage that we'll have is that it's not uh, the like the Thursday-Sunday. Like it usually is, this time it's Tuesday-Saturday, so we've got an extra sort of day's sort of rest for the players and Ange can work with them. Of course, we've got St. Johnson again in the League Cup in November, so could be a guide for what happens in that game. But no, I mean, this game will be very difficult. I think St. Johnson, uh, they do get a lot of credit for how well they played, no wonder. I mean, they're the most successful team in Scotland last season, no matter what some people say. Uh, I think that Cam Davidson's a very good manager. I mean, I, I don't think he's like Celtic class yet or anything. But no, I just don't think a guy like him would be certain manager. I mean, I think he'd need to go in our team first and let it do well. But no, I mean, if, if you think of a team like St. Johnston, a, a provincial team, they've not got a lot of fans, but they've won, they won two cups last season. I mean, that has to go down as one of the best seasons in Scottish football history. And they didn't embarrass themselves in Europe this season either. No, they didn't. They done well in Europe. Well, as well as a team like St. Johnston, like Can, who aren't like a small team in Scotland. They're, they're not like, even a team like... Aberdeen, the Hearts or Hibs or Dungeon United, who are like historically one of the big teams that regularly win trophies. So no, I think it'll be a really hard game. And as I said, though, that I think that extra day's rest will make the difference. And I can't believe I'm cheerleading again, but I think Celtic are going to win this game. And again, it'll be another close game. And I think it'll be 2-1 again. And that game against us last season, they were excellent. And I think that's when I started changing my mind on how I looked at St. Johnson as a club. Certainly under Callum Davidson, he has transformed them. And you look at how they played against Galatasaray in the LASK Lins. They seem, I mean, it doesn't matter where they go, John. Away from home, they set up very well. All the players know their roles and they make it very hard for the host to break them down. Did you know regularly refer them as jobbers or was that Ross County? Uh, no, St. Johnston were the team that I just used to hate and did refer to them as that. I didn't see the point in them. And Honestly, Callum Davidson has really won me over in that respect. Obviously, I hope that he's greeting when we played him that day on the Saturday, and I hope I'm giving him dogs abuse, but he has been an absolute revelation for them, and they deserve massive, massive respect, as you say. They were by far the most successful team last season in Scotland, um, and when you look at how they set up against us, against that Celtic team last season, it used to be any game against St Johnston at Celtic Park, didn't matter what team Celtic put out, you'd always you know, naturally see it as a formality, I don't really think, I think it says a lot now John, that this St Johnston team come to Celtic Park, 
even against this Celtic side under Ange, it's not a formality at all. We're going to have to work really, really hard for it. And I think we'll win, but I think it will be like 2-1. And I think we'll, I think not really a struggle, but we'll just have to work really hard for it to break them down. Um, and I think it will just be our quality up front that will tell, but that's what I'm going with. A 2-1 Celtic win. So we're both going for 2-1. I think the one difference between now and then is that St. Johnson are sold two of their best players and Alan McCann and Jason Kerr. I mean, I know they've still been getting decent results, but we really, if we want to win this league, which no matter what MD says, it's the ultimate goal this season. It's not about respectability and like finishing second and winning a cup. We need to uh, beat, no disrespect to St. Johnson, uh, teams like St. Johnson at home. That was a downfall last season. We didn't beat St. Johnson at home. We drew with them uh, one each. Uh, that was in November, right? No, the 6th of December. And that was the game, 6th of December, that was the game after it, where of course it was protests uh, after it, and uh, the ball then back to Laney, which was a, a mistake. In fact, we were lucky to get uh, even an equaliser that day. I think it was a pot shot, and it deflected off um, Il Gionussi's head. Is that right? Yeah, Christy swung the ball in from the right, and it just hit off El Yunus's head and looked over at Xander Clark, but it was so undeserved. But I think at that time, we all thought it was going to be a, a late Celtic surge that unfortunately never happened. And yeah, I would would I take that type of goal though, as long as it beats St Johnston this time? Yes, you would take anything, wouldn't you? We're both going for Celtic 2, Hibs 1 in that game. Hibs? Oh, St Johnston 1, sorry. I was thinking about the Hibs game because that's next. So no, so we're both going for Celtic 2, St Johnston 1. And now we're on the next game, which is against Hibs at Easter Road. Yes, apparently I'm petrified for it. So it's Hibs away. Now, John, here's a stat. We haven't even won there in the league since they came back up in the 2017-2018 season. Our last two games at Easter Road, one was a 0-0 draw uh, that pretty much summed up last season, didn't it? And before that, we had that 2-2 draw there last November when we were 2-0 down. And then we salvaged a, a point, but realistically, it just wasn't enough. And that, that was a that was another draw scheme. In fact, the biggest thing I can remember about that is paying something like 15 or 20 quid to Hibs TV for that game, only to be met by David Tanner patronising me. So that was a good laugh all round. But aye, this uh, Hibs team, John, are certainly no mugs as well. Last season, they were maybe finding their feet under Jack Ross. They have certainly improved this season, haven't they? Uh, they have. They've been very good. And uh, I think they were probably unlucky. Not to uh, get a result at Ibrox in the last game, but uh, they really won't. Why, why was that, John? Say it. Oh, just like missing chances and stuff like that. Nothing to do with referees. <laughs> right? we, don't, we don't talk about referees. Well, no, the other Premier League teams managers. Our, our wonderful referees who we will not criticise. Uh, no, great guys are doing their best. But uh, no, as you say, our record Easter Road's dreadful, really, really bad. I mean, we've only won there once in the last couple of years, and that was in the Scottish Cup. I think it was Lennon's setting game in charge when he was a caretaker, and it took two brilliant goals. Uh, James Forrest, but especially Bruni, who just... <laughs> it was a, a brilliant goal, just hammered it in the net, but that was a hard game as well. The games last season... The first one, I think we'd played well in the first half, but second half we were rubbish. And I think the worst thing about that was uh, they missed a penalty and our players just stood like statues and uh, let the Hibs guy, whose name is completely escapes me, uh, put in the rebound. Murphy. Murphy, that's right, Jimmy Murphy. The um, only player that moved was Chris Ayer. Like everyone else just stood still. Chris Ayer was the only player that I believe actually anticipated the rebound and he was going mental, and quite rightly so. Yep. 
we did manage to fight back to get a tweet draw, but as you say, it wasn't enough. I don't remember that second game at all, the last game of the season. Don't remember anything at all about it, except it was a nil-nil draw. I was in Padano. I took my gran and granda out for something to eat. Uh, I was just keeping track of it on like live score. I had a terrible connection on my phone, but I think live score pretty much um, didn't have any updates from like 45 minutes in the second half to like 70 minutes, which just summed up how dismal it was. But yeah, celebrated 90 minutes after that, that that terrible season was over. Hopefully we'll never have a season like that ever again, John. But no, this uh, Celtic team are going to, it's going to be a midweek game, of course, at Easter Road as well. This Hibs team are going to be fired up and it's going to be a hard game for us. It wouldn't surprise me, John, if it was a draw in that one. Aye, and uh, yet again, it's not on Sky, so thank you, Sky, for missing out one of the biggest games of Scottish football again. It's really odd that this game isn't on when you look at how poor we've been at Easter Road. Do you think they'd love a chance to show that? Like a big game or Celica will probably find it difficult. I know that Hamish was talking in the last podcast about how it's going to be tough and like Hibs will be you get to play against us. I mean, Martin Boyle, who's playing well for them this season, he's a hard time. And I think, unfortunately, for the first time in this pod, I'm going to have to go for a draw. I mean, I don't know if that'll be a good enough result, but I'm just not sure if the select team right now is is good enough to go Easter Road and win, which sort of is sad news. But Accurate, John. I need an accurate draw prediction here now. Yes, yes, I know, I know. I'm going to go similar to last season, a 2-2 draw. I'm going to say one each. And before we move on to the next one, who's the main threat for Hibs, you reckon? And what is our ultimate sort of weakness? Because I do agree with you with Martin Boyle and Kevin Nisbet as well, but I do think we could get some advantage if we just wind up my favourite guy in the world, Porto, at the back, as we saw what he was like against Rangers when he's stupid diving in all the time. Aye, I mean, Nisbet, who there was a lot of rumours that we were going to try and sign him, in the transfer window. I don't know if he's good enough for Celtic yet. I think we'll need to see how he does this season. I mean, if, he, if he gets something like 20 goals a season, then maybe we'll consider going for him in the summer. Boyle, I think, is a good player. He'll cause the trouble. And as you say, I think Porto does put in some bad challenges. And But then he'll probably only get booked for that challenge against us. Or, huh, maybe not even booked at all if he done a similar challenge against us. Right, lads? What a pain it's known to tell you. I'll need to use nefarious means to watch it. But uh, no, I've, I know we're predicting a draw, but if we go into that game in the back of two wins and we could win the game against Hibs, it'd be huge. It'd, that'd be a real statement of intent that this team are going to do something this season. But I think it's just a bit too early. Just like Ibrox is maybe too early for this team. You never know. If Celtic can take their chances, we could win. But as it stands, I'm going for a draw. The Celtic team of 05-06 that were in transition went to Easter Road, do you remember? And we had a tough game at the start of that season. I think Stillian Petrol scored the only goal of the game. And I matched that a lot of people were saying, well, that's going to be a very tough test for Celtic. It might have came for them far too soon after the way we lost uh, in 2005 with Martin O'Neill leaving, striking coming in, the Art Media result, all that stuff. And then we went to Easter Road with a Celtic team, as I said, in massive sort of transition. And we won it. That's true, but I'm sure on that day, Arthur Boric made one of his best ever saves for Celtic. No, that was in 2009 in the Tony Mowbray game one now. I think Samara scored. All right, okay then. Are you sure? Yes, very sure. Arthur Boric, I did play that game, I think, in 05, but it was the, we were wearing the Bumblebee kit um, when Boric made that save from David Waterspoon, no less. Did McGeady not get sent off then in the one when Petrov scored? I can't remember that. We were wearing a black kit when Petrov scored, I remember that. 
in the Bumblebee top when Boric made that amazing save. So that was Defo 2009. Oh, well, because I know in one of the games, McGee gets sent off and Boric made an amazing save, won his best ever for Celtic. But no, I mean, I don't know if there'll be any Celtic fans at the game. I'm not sure what Hibs will say about that, but we'll just need to wait and see about that. But no, probably the hardest of the games we've got, probably, I'd say, this Hibs game. So we're both going with a draw for that one then, John? Yep. Okay, well, I don't think we're going to go for a draw when we talk about the next one, which is Livingston at home. Last meeting against them was at Celtic Park in a 6-0 tabloid word coming up here, romp, before we lost to Rangers in the Cup the week after. Surely, John, we get revenge for the league loss there earlier this season. You would think so, because they're rubbish, basically, and that's what makes our terrible record there uh, so bad. It's not even like they're a, a decent team, and if we go there and like lose, because they're not a good team at all, and I think they might get relegated, and I hope they do. I think we'll win relatively easy. I think this will be a a four 0 win. Five 0 I'm going to say. So who's going to who's going to get a hat trick then, John Kyogo? Aye, Kyogo, aye. Or uh, or or Jota, who's uh, been very impressive so far. I don't want to be disrespectful and all that, but I think Livingston at home should be a formality, definitely. So I'm going to go with five 0 John. You're going to go with four 0 We move on to a tougher game now, John, which is Ferenc Faros away. After that. It's really all down to how the meeting goes between the teams and the weird kick-off, isn't it? A couple of weeks before that. No, I mean, that'll decide really a lot going into this game. If we go into it like, on a high, knowing that we're able to beat them, or go into it like, on the back of a, a draw or a defeat at Celtic Park, that'll make this game even more important. I don't know, this is a tough one to call. I'd be content with a draw. If we take four points for these two games, I think we'd be in a great position to finish third in the group. And I think that's what it'll be. I'm going for a a 1-1 draw. Okay, unfortunately, John, I'm going to predict a defeat here. I'm going to say we're going to go down 2-1. I just don't have any faith in Celtic in Europe away from home. That's it. doesn't matter what type of team we have. doesn't matter how solid we are. It doesn't matter what type of run we're on. It's just Celtic away in Europe. As as I say, John, I've seen some very good Celtic teams let me down big time in Europe. Um, we've even had brilliant players for us. Up front, we've, had, we've been battering teams in the league and then as soon as we play away in Europe, we're just all over the place. And this Celtic team, they're so fun to watch up front. They create loads of chances. But, you know, my thoughts on us at the back, I don't, don't think we're intelligent enough. I don't think we're coherent enough at the back yet. It's going to take another couple of windows to sort that defence out. And just with that defence being in, being the way it is, especially in the last couple of games, John, against Leverkusen and Betis with the goals we've conceded, I just don't have any faith in us going to Hungary and showing it up. I reckon we'll be conceding a couple of more comical goals. So yeah, John, I'm going to say we're going to go down two one over there. I'm sorry, fans, but I'm a realist. It would be typical as well, just like concede a silly goal in the first ten minutes where somebody's no defending, no matter. I'm probably at a corner. I mean, we've done that umpteen times a season, so wouldn't be a surprise if it happened in Hungary. They move on to the last game we're going to predict then, John, which is Dundee away. Fans, the last meeting at Dens Park was a 1-0 win in March 2019. A Neil Lennon masterclass when... Do you remember Johnny got so many late goals, didn't he, that unfortunately got him the job? But that was one of them. Odson Edward put in from brilliant work by James Forrest, I think it was. He put it in for like a yard out, and that pretty much sealed the league, didn't it? And it was a terrible game. I think it was a 96 minute. Yeah, we created pretty much practically nothing as well under good old Lenny. No, it was rubbish. And uh, I remember I was watching it but on my phone, and it was like a second behind my neighbours, and I heard my neighbours shouting, and I thought, oh, good. 
And then I saw her go a second later. It sort of took away some of the excitement. But uh, but it really was a dodgy game. But we've played Dundee already this season, I think. Uh, yeah, well, we have them and Livingston. Are these teams are the only teams we've played so far this season. And we beat them 6 nothing. Uh, Ryan Christie was excellent that day. And, of course, sadly, he's no longer at Celtic. But Dundee weren't very good that day. And they're no one of the better teams in Scotland. They've got a lot of players there at the club that are... Uh, I've got interesting personalities, let's say. But I think even though it'll be after a European trip, we're more than good enough to beat Dundee at Dens. And a game that actually is on telly. Thank you, Sky. And I'm going for a 3-1 to Celtic. It's funny, John, because the games... I agree with you, Dundee are, are garbage. But see the two games I've watched them recently? They've been very unlucky and they should have taken something from them. I watched them against Dundee United on the day we lost to Livingston. They lost 1-0 at Dens Park, but they created the better chances and they probably were the better team for a lot of the game. And then they played against Rangers as well and they missed a penalty at home. But Rangers were awful that day. It was like one of the games that they just grinded out a win. But I, Dundee should have taken something from it. But yet, they are a poor football team and I would be stunned if we dropped any points there, I reckon we can go there and win. I'm going to say 4-1 for that game. So you're going for 4-1. And now, will I read out all the predictions then? Go for it, my brother. Right. So we're starting with Motherwell. I'm going for 2-1 Celtic. You're going for 3-1 Celtic. Then Ferenc Varos at home. I'm going for 2-1 Celtic. You're going for 2-2, is that right? That would be correct. Right. Uh, now St. Johnson at home. We're both going for 2-1. Hibs away, I'm going for 2-2. Two, two. Dins going for one each. Uh, Livingston at home, I'm going for 4-0. Steve is going for 5-0. Ferenc Varos away, I'm going for 1-1. One, one. Steve is going for 2-1. And lastly, Dundee away, I'm going for 3-1. And Steve is going for 4-1. And may the best man win and buy dinner. <laughs> How, uh, that was like, do you know what that was like there, John? That was like the, the old Saturday when the scores come in. James Alexander Gordon, eat your heart out. Is he no away? I think he is. That was a guy that done it years ago. Will we burn one for him? Uh, probably, too, probably too late for that. A great a great man anyway. Well, I tell you what, John, before we go, you wanted a wee tirade on Scotland. Let's hope we don't burn one for them against the Faroe Islands. Surely to God, we'll win up there. No, I mean, we talk about Scotland in this pod sometimes, but I thought Scotland were absolutely brilliant in the second half last night. The first half was like the usual Scotland mistakes, like, giving away stupid goals. But I thought saying half was genuinely the best I've seen Scotland play in years. It was non-stop attack. Okay, we gave away that one chance, the header. But it was non-stop Scotland. And well done to Steve Clark, who I'm not sure if he is a... I don't know if he's suited to be Celtic manager, let's say. But I think he actually is a very good manager at getting the best out of our teams that are not great. He's good at getting the best out of some of the parts. I mean, look at Kamarnock. Like he got to be third in the league. New in the first division. I mean, with Scotland, he did get us to the Euros, even though we were sort of lucky how the way we got there and were in great position to get in the playoffs. I think Callum McGregor didn't have the best first half, but in the second half, he was brilliant. Recycling possession, him and Billy Gilmore and McGinn are a great midfield freeze. Really stupid we didn't buy McGinn. I don't want to go for that again, but that really was. Congratulations to all at Celtic for missing out on him. <laughs> no, I thought Scotland were really good. I mean, I would hope that, as I said earlier, that McGregor isn't involved much against the Pharaohs on Tuesday, but I think he probably will start. Hopefully, if Scotland are winning comfortably, we can take him off. We'll have half an hour to go, get him ready for Fur Park Saturday. 
But no, well done to uh, Scotland. I'm actually enthused about watching Scotland again after the years are rubbish. It's good that Scotland are actually playing well again. Can we also give a very quick shout out to ex-Celtic legend Kieran Tierney? I thought he was magnificent yesterday. Yes, he he's a great player. Uh, I just I feel a bit sorry from real that I don't think Arsenal are ever going to be a big. Well, they've always been a big club, but I don't know if they're going to be like one of the the top four for years yet. I mean, even somebody like Newcastle could get a, go ahead of them. I'm hoping what eventually Tierney gets to move to a, a better club. Uh, that's more suited to him. Maybe somebody like Man City. I don't know if he's good enough for them yet, but I don't know. Will he come back and just create Celtic? I don't know about that. But no, I thought he was great last night. So well done to Katie, a Celtic legend. Definitely. And good luck to Scotland as well in the Faroe Islands. I'm sure they won't need it from me, but especially good luck to the Celtic players involved. And here's hoping, John, that Callum McGregor gets very little game time and he can rest ahead of our gruelling run. Yeah, same way Kyogo in Japan. Let's hope he's like kept on the bench for them because we need him for Saturday. Right, that's us for episode 71. John, it has been a pleasure doing these predictions with you. I just want to ask, if you do win and I have to buy you lunch, where are you going to choose? I don't know. I need more time to think. I'll reveal that in the next episode. Get saving up. I'm going to go to Dubai for the biggest steak I can think of. Right. Thank you, Stevie. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. As always, you can catch us on all the usual podcast platforms. You know where by now. Leave us the usual five stars and tell us how great we are on the reviews. We'll be back after the Motherwell game. Speak to you all soon. And hail, hail. Podcast Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. Or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.